Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. everybody thank you for tuning into hush the podcast my name is kim and i have my co-host with me chris and we're here to bring you the shit you love to hear and we are very excited to bring you hush volume 54 today we have our special guest with us deborah shade hi how are you guys thank you thank you again for making it with us Mm -hmm. so i wanted to start off i just finished your first book last night uh maybe she is right and <laughs> there's like so many scenes playing in my head and i have to ask i know this is probably out of order but i really wanted to dig in deep is are some of these sexual experiences based on real life all of them are oh they're, okay yeah they're all experiences that i've had throughout my life that i've put together um however the twist is is that they're all uh experiences i've had being a lesbian and whenever there was an experience with heavy dildo play, I made it a male-female scenario to address a wider audience. Okay. Um, but, they're, but they're all my sexual escapades. Okay. All right. So the, the sh- well, I don't know if I could spoil some of the, the scenes, but you know, like the fruits, for instance, that's, that's real. Right. <laughs> that what happened. I it's uh, with grapes in particular. Then I tell people to play a little bit more safely with those because they can travel. Um, but that was an experience, uh, actually one of a uh, wonderful experience that I was able to have. Okay. Yeah, I was telling Christopher about that, and I was like, "Look, I had him read this scene, and you know, I told him about. I also had him read that other scene. Uh, I don't want to spoil the story, like I said, but you know." the scene with the two couples and I'm like whoa well this blew my mind (laughs) (laughs) but stepping a little bit away back from your work um we did want to ask you was embracing sexuality an easy feat for you um it actually was It, it comes easy to me to be able to talk to people I've been a lot sexually open for most of my life but specifically after 21 I just became really sexually aware um, and highly sexual active, and it just opened a whole lot of doors for me. Um, but growing up in a small town as a lesbian, it was kind of tough being able to be me. So once I got an opportunity to live out loud, I kind of I embraced that. Did you receive criticism on the choice to be open about sex? 
I can I can understand that because like I said, being being you know part of the black community like yeah it's it it feels like you know with with the way some some of these people have their upbringing and how they grow up they're not familiar with it because it's like real hey don't we don't talk about that is when it happens that's when we talk about it but it's nothing like you want to put in any idea like hey you know there's positive ways of promoting it there's positive ways of having it not just going out and getting pregnant but that's a lot of these mindsets really are especially in like those really heavy rooted you know uh communities like that right exactly it's just sad that it's still the same yeah in in the current generation we're doing the same thing so when we get to a place where we can talk about receiving anal and identifying different types of orgasms i think that that's success for me when we get to that point to be able to do that across generations. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and touching base, and touching base on, you know, uh, with you, like I said, obviously, you know, talking about anal openly and stuff like that. How did, like, how did your friends and families, how did they react to, like, your career choice? They think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they think I'm crazy. I've always been the wild one, though. I was, the, you know, the first one to move away from home and, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that uh, they definitely were, were not surprised when I came out as a lesbian, and they were not surprised that, uh, surprised that I do it loudly. Um, but I think some of the workshops that I hold, uh, because they're hand-on-hand where we physically experience different orgasms, I think that uh, pushes a couple of boundaries with the few of them, especially my sister who's uh, deep in religion. Um, but other than that, uh, they've been overall supportive. Everybody else has been really supportive, and they believe the work is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they spread the word for me about my workshops and my seminars and, and tell people about me So because I, I do individual consulting with couples as well. Um, so it's been quite supportive. Ooh, I love that awesome. you have that support system. Um, when you tied it, when you, you touch a little bit on religion. That's actually kind of one of the reasons why I promoted the why I decided to run with this podcast and promote the idea of it was because I grew up a Mexican American Catholic background. You know, it's talking about sex was so taboo that right. it was kept on the hush and that's pretty much where the the title hush where i decided to run with that it was just things that you couldn't openly discuss like my mom was a teen mom for instance with two boys by the time she was 17 she wanted to break those stigmas and talk to me about this is how it can really be you know like right. yes yeah, sex could be a pleasurable act and uh, to some however like the more religious in our family it was just sin all the way through if it wasn't for marriage and having children you know Uh, so breaking those stigmas I feel like 
that's a, a big thing and, and it's actually cool to see you doing these workshops and um more i wanted more information on that though where can people find you at with these workshops um i travel uh throughout all of the states i get booked for particular conferences or seminars but folks can follow what i'm doing on twitter facebook and instagram at uh shady on top or they could follow my website deborahshade.com because they're they're so varied i follow the exotica tour so i'm in chicago miami would love to be able to come out there in Arizona, work out something with you guys where I can come to a workshop would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I just I just travel where the need is and try to get in front of the largest audience as possible. Were you nervous the first time um, putting on a workshop for people? I was. I was because I had done so many signings where I had so many uh, negative reactions to what I was reading um, out loud. I was a lot nervous that people would get up and walk out or, you know, like somebody would curse me <laughs> or <Yeah>. something <laughs> crazy. But um, after a few moments, it kind of went away. Um, and I kind of have a delivery style where it's not quite clinical um, and it's a whole lot more conversational. So it was easy for me to get them to slip into the conversation. Um, and then the nerves went away. Okay. That's pretty cool, and then, like I said, and then the circle back to like your, your first times is how did it feel to have an erotica published for the first time? Um, it, it felt awesome. It felt like you know seeing your your something you bring to fruition was kind of cool. I shocked it around for some time and got a couple of no's and that that it was a bit too aggressive. Um, and then, um, as you know, we're living in a time where independent publishing is is now the best thing to be able to do. So I actually published uh, the first one on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a publishing house so because I also write children's books. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I created a publishing house so that I could uh, publish this without toning it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of toned it as what Fifty Shades of Grey wanted to be because, uh, you know, they had to tone that down quite a bit to get it to be published for the mainstream and I just um, refused them to do that. Okay. Yeah, stay true to the content. I loved it, by the way. Like I said, I've been busy with work, kind of uh, studying, licensing myself. Um, but uh, I took time to read this, and I got into it when I had um, when I had wanted to uh, conduct an interview with you on the show. But I finally finished it because it's been a while, and um, I'm just well. I don't know. Some of the scenes were like Jesus. I think I'm soaking. <laughs> I told Chris, I, I was like, that. <laughs> I appreciate that. It is. It's an awesome masturbator. I, I love it for that. <laughs> I yeah. told him, I was like, look, he's over here tending to the kids. I'm reading in the living room. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I think there's a puddle here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That's awesome. I, I kind of hopefully did that on purpose. I wanted it to be like a roller coaster of, of sexual activity. And it's funny because people are like, there's not a, there's a lot of run-on experiences. And I'm like, dude, if you're looking for periods, you are reading the wrong material. Like, yeah. it, it, it just seems to flow so much better for me written in that style so you don't get a chance to catch your breath between, between one passionate scene to the next one. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I think I almost, like, orgasmed right here, but I'm, I need to slow down. And then you jump into something else. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. 
I want to get your next book. I'm sorry I haven't read that one yet. Like I say, it's just been a busy past couple of weeks, but I was like, I need to finish this. Like, I started it, I need to finish it. And it was amazing. I love the ending. Um, you know, it was, it was really good. And I appreciate you taking the time to do that. So, uh, so when you do get around to it, the second book is he has to relocate because of that surprise ending. And she moves somewhere and she opens a brothel. So it becomes the sex of six different women. So it's my, I just spread out my sexual experiences, even the ones that I'm continuing to have. And writing is from six different women's perspectives with their dates. Yeah. And touching a little yeah. bit deeper with my own interest. So... Uh, I don't really share it too much on the podcast, but yeah, I do have a journalism background. I love to write. I've actually personally been interested in writing in erotica for quite some time now. I just really haven't like gotten into finishing. I'll start a project, then I never finish it. What advice would you give somebody like me, considering the possibility of one day becoming an erotica author? Right. Um, you've got to somehow create that time so that you can concentrate on doing it. Um, for me, writing comes really easy. Like, I can complete a book in, like, three months if, if I just sit down and, and work on it. So it depends on how passionate you get about the project with how quick it moves. But something that I did not consider was uh, having to read the material in front of an audience of every generation. So if you can imagine yourself doing that, then it kind of tells you how far you could push that erotic button, um, whether you want to reach the mainstream audience or whether or not you want to independently publish uh, for yourself. But being able to have a multitude of book signings, you have to be able to get your book out there. And, and you've got to reach all these different generations. And if you don't feel comfortable being able to do that, then, you know, there are, like, different love stories that include romance and that kind of thing that's not so intense mm -hmm. that you could do. But it's things that I didn't consider when I first started. And about writing to the end of the book or the end of the story, um, I learned that there's no such thing as the end of a story and you'll forever have this project in front of you if you're constantly writing for the end of the story. So I always tell people to look at length or, you know, for the type of the book that you're writing because you may just have two books in front of you and not even know it. So just monitoring your, your writing process as you move forward and then being ready to pitch it to all of the uh, houses, do the research on the houses that specifically publish erotica or decide to do your self-publishing and work through Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, um, start those relationships really early. I love that advice. Like I'm really keeping all that noted. I feel like that's the most profound advice I received. Other people like my mom are using it. Just go for it. And I'm like, sometimes it's not that easy. Like you got to find different avenues. And just the way that you've hit on a lot of the points, like there was some, uh, uh, there was actually a publisher that I had considered, but they kind of tone it down a little bit. And I feel like what you're saying is true. Like I am thinking about considering the independent publishing route just for that reason. Like, some things right. can't be toned down. You need to really, you know, for your voice to be uh, minimized when you want it to be magnified and let them know this is, like, based, you know, I don't, this is what I want to say and this is how I'm going to say it, basically. I like how your style has that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's important for a lot of people to figure. And there is a massive audience out there for that independent work that people who want to read something that may be a little bit more grimy. All right. And um, when when was it at that point that you decided that 
I can and will write about, you know, sex or fucking. What's funny is, like, back at when I was 21, I was just sick of uh, the struggle and uh, constantly having to start over and, and do things to, to make money and that kind of thing, trying to figure out if college was for me. Um, and I would write short stories for a, an adult magazine, you know, kind of like Penthouse. Uh-huh. You, you could write in those letters. And they paid, like, $350 uh, per letter, so it's kind of like how I supported myself uh, sometimes. And it became easy for me to say, people buy sex, like sex sells. And if I was to put this stuff together in my own book, instead of giving it to somebody else, I could write my own book. So it came about because of the struggle of, you know, just giving away my work and, mm-hmm. and versus being able to do it myself and receive my 100% of my profits. Okay. And can you tell me more about Adult Recess? How did you get started with it? Um, I got started with Adult Recess after I uh, got involved with our local swingers club here, one of our larger uh, swinger clubs in the Midwest. Um, and once I got connected to the community here in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, I started reaching mainstream individuals and the queer community mm-hmm. that weren't having these kind of experiences. Like most of the swingers clubs don't welcome the queer community. Um, they do lesbians, of course, because who doesn't want to watch that? Oh, yeah. um, but they don't, they don't welcome male or male. Um, and so I started to do that. So it's an all-inclusive uh, play party. Mm-hmm. where the adults come to play <laughs> um, and the intent is for everybody to enjoy some sort of orgasm during the experience. Um, we take over a BYOB place mm-hmm. and we put the little private areas, there are open areas. We basically create a swingers environment okay. um, and then I hold the workshop and it's a hands-on workshop. So if it's, you know, 10 female orgasms, the female could have the chance to experience all 10 of those orgasms. Mm-hmm. So it's like a learning experience, but there's like a DJ, so people are partying, there's the edible beauties, you know, there's other things that if you just want to be a warrior, there's opportunities to do to do all that stuff under this one party umbrella. That actually sounds, that actually sounds pretty cool, actually. Like, we'd like to attend that. <laughs> We're right now looking at the website uh, for Shade Media and just looking at adult recess photos that were posted. I, I'm assuming that these are probably, like, you know, what's decent. I'm sure, like, there's a lot more behind the scenes. And I'm like, it looks like fun, though. <laughs> Right, right. They, like yeah, they, they get really great. So we do, we have the burlesque performers and strippers, so each one is different. Um, you don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, you do know the topic that will be talked about before you come. It goes with the advertisement, just so you can decide if it's for you or not. Um, but for the most part, it's just advertised to the general population, and we get queer individuals, we get cis individuals, and, and it's, just an, it's just an awesome experience. That sounds like a lot of fun. Like, if Chris and I ever make it out there, I think we'd like to join Adult Recess. Take a peek at oh, this. Oh, that would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. I would love to have you guys as my guest. We would love that. I'm, like I say, I'm just looking at the pictures, and I'm like, it looks like a lot of fun. I like burlesque strippers. I like burlesque dancers and strippers. I like all that stuff. Actually, the first show that I actually saw, I don't know if you heard of them, but it's like the Suicide Girls, and it was just like oh, amateur, yes. yeah, amateur burlesque. They travel here to perform. They travel here uh, during our largest Halloween fetish party, and they wow. performed for the last few years. 
Yes, I love watching them. And, and ever oh. since then, like, it just tuned me more into burlesque. And I was like, this is real, you know. I like it because, in a sense, it's not complete stripping. I love stripping, too. Like, I've talked about experiences on the podcast yeah, with strippers. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love strippers. <laughs> but burlesque, you know, tones it down a little bit. It has a little more of a classier feel. I love it. You know, I love both styles. And that looks like fun. Awesome. Awesome. It is. It is. Getting back into your workshops, do people come up to you after and tell you, um, like, a, do they give you, like, a personal thank you for impacting mm-hmm. their sex lives? That's my favorite part. A, a lot of folks don't. Um, a lot of folks are embarrassed or they'll have a whispered conversation with maybe their table mate or something. But uh, quite a few will come up to me at the end and say, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Uh, or thank you for, for being so open and making it so uh, fun. Because it's not this material at all. It is very lighthearted. Um, and then not realizing that they could have that conversation out in public and not be embarrassed about it. And then they'll ask me a follow-up question, like exactly how would I use this toy, or I'm, I, don't, I struggle with these orgasms, or I'm asexual, or just whatever the personal question is. I get to then give individual consultation, and, and that's just so fun for me. That sounds like a lot of fulfillment from it. I, I, I don't know. I, I would be flattered, you know, like I'm just trying to put myself in that position and to have people come up and actually say, hey, you know, thank you. The ones that can find the courage to do so, you know, because I feel like low key, the ones that don't come up to you, they're probably thinking it. They just didn't say it, you know. Right. And I can, and you can always look at somebody and see, like, they have something to say, but I don't, uh, I don't follow people. I don't press them. I don't uh, give the spirit of like a medium and I must deliver this message to you. I, I, I let people come to me. Yeah. And I, and I think this is also kind of like touching base on like why Kim, you know, started this podcast is because like I said, there's, there's people who want to talk about sex and they want to talk about their experiences and stuff like that, but they, they don't have like that that outlet until someone finally decides like you know what i'm gonna talk about this yes i'm probably gonna get some negative feedback but you know at the same time it's like there there's people and sure enough like we had people that we brought onto the show before that we've known for years who are like oh wow like i'm so happy that you guys have this show because like i could tell you about all the freaky shit i've ever done and you know and they don't have to just tell that one friend who the one friend's like dude i'm tired of hearing about your stuff all the time but now it's like they can they can like talk about it and and it's so funny is because then they still you know text us or email us and it's like hey you know i just heard your last episode like that's so great like i'm so in tune to the show now because now it feels like they're like i can talk about this now and you guys are still talking about this so i can only imagine how much more exciting that is for you for someone to just come up to you and be like hey like like kim for instance hey i read your book it turned me on so much you know right. like you know your your book was like kind of i could tell you right now i'm looking at fruit a lot differently now um <laughs> you know just by just by you know reading that scene i was like wow that's actually i was like where do they get these fruits from like this is this is pretty intense you know and and so that's that's kind of my way of saying you know kudos to you for you know making that spin on it to where i'm like that took me to a different type of thinking now i'm like damn like that's... like we were tempted to go buy some bananas for after this podcast <laughs> yeah you know and i mean it's just like shit some strawberries too i mean 
it's just like one of those things where it's just like, damn, that's a that's a really cool really way of hot, looking though. at it, you know. And it's it's <laughs> and like I said, and of course, it's not just cool; it's very erotic the way you know you look at it. Personally, it's very erotic, and, and just being able to do whatever you want with the fruit after mm-hmm. you've rubbed it and your juices and that kind of thing. Um, I will tell you though, if you're going to uh, play around with fruit, that you've got to uh, watch the consistencies of them to yeah. break down. Uh, so especially with the banana, you want to make sure it's not getting mushy because mm-hmm. um, at that point you want to switch it out. Yeah. Okay. For your listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Uh, touching on uh, erotic experiences, do you care to share any more that weren't in your book? Any any real life experiences that you maybe thought about putting in, but you decided, no, I'll keep this to myself, but you're willing right. to share with us? <laughs> I recently just wrote about, because I just released uh, the third book called Queen Bee, and it's a continuation of of, um, her story, Um, and I included one of my best experiences was a splashing um, experience, and you guys know what splashing is, right? Yes. When you play in the world. So mine was a body oil, excessive amount of body oil, and just rubbing and, and wrestling, and it was just very erotic, and the brushing of the skin, and like every, it was more intense energy. It just, uh, it was all, it was an all over body orgasm type of thing for me. We're actually laughing because uh, we have like oils that we use, <laughs> but our youngest daughter, <laughs> we have a daughter that just turned a year and she, <laughs> my parents were out here visiting us in our new, in our new town. And my daughter ends up that weekend out of all weekends, finding one of the oils, pouring it out into the carpet. <laughs> And then, like, my parents picking it up and like, oh, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <And we're> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oils are fun, though. Oils are really fun. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I, I want to get the next two books that you've written, you know, when that third one. So is the third one released, you just said, or it's going it's, to be? Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, it, it is released, so it's available right now. All right. Awesome. I can, I can, I can easily tell you just from, like, the... the inserts that I read and, and a lot of the, the scenes that Kim described to me and how she she kind of like basically went over the story with me I I honestly think that this should be a movie like I, I think just oh, the first good. part was like <laughs> it was just like and especially the way you ended that first it, it made me laugh because then I was like oh my god like there has to be a second part to this like <laughs> she can't just leave it she just can't leave it like that he was like is she gonna go to mexico now she has to start a new life <laughs> yeah now now i'm all in tune i'm like i'm trying to figure out help her figure out a way out of this like situation now i'm like damn like does she go to europe like like shit does she have a passport like what the hell like and and yeah and it's just i just like i said i just read it and i was like this should really be like either a cinemax movie or yeah it is actually scripted for a movie called deviant Uh, and uh studio scorpio studios is is looking at it they've been trying to adapt it and we've been going back and forth about the aggressiveness of it um so so it's kind of slowing things up a little bit i am just like publishing it i i really am wanting to stick to i think the aggressiveness or the style of writing adds to the intensity of the emotions and mm-hmm. if somebody could have an orgasm especially an intense orgasm or be able to figure out that there are different levels of orgasm by reading my material 
I, I want to be able to put that on the big screen and literally, like, what was the thing that Sane did? I think it was um, Addicted. Um, and people rushed. It was right after Fifty Shades of Grey. And I think they were expecting mm-hmm. a little bit more intensity. I think as a society, we're desensitized now. So I think mm-hmm. people want something a little bit more aggressive. So I'm fighting for that. I, I just want to I wanna put out something that, that I can stand behind. I, can, I agree because, like I said, I've when I um, one of my previous jobs, I I worked at the airport, and um, that's when um, and I worked in one of the gift shops, and that's when Fifty Shades of Grey started coming out. And there used to be so many people that come in and they're like, "Oh my God, these books are so erotic. They're so hot. They're so hot." And like I, I read through it, and I was like, "I mean, it's a it's a it's a story." I didn't. I wasn't like, "Oh wow, like I need to go to the bathroom and like rub one out or anything <laughs> like that." But but then, then when the movies came out, it was like everybody's faces were all like, that's it? And I'm like, it's, it's like the story. I mean, the story wasn't like Radical. super, you know, I mean, it was, it was, I would say rated NC-17 at most, right. but right. it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like anything where it wasn't Triple anything X. you've seen, you <laughs> haven't seen before on, you know, thing. I mean, it's that one movie, um that's how it's like called like nympho nymphomania nymphomaniac oh, yeah, or yeah. whatever yeah. that one yeah. is more erotic than 50 shades and and i think that these because they showed more but then your story is like i think it's like way above where like i said i think that's where 50 shades was trying to aim for but like i said right. but since them to say hey you know there's going to be a lot of people that's going to read this so let's let's dumb it down a little bit but i think right. with yours going out like that that would be a completely different story and i think that one would be something that people would need to actually look for i agree (laughs) i agree not to toot my own horn but i i I really wish that i could get it to get it out in front of people especially those people who uh quote unquote don't read um or or don't believe that a a great book or a wonderful orgasm could lay in a great book um i I just want to be able to reach a vast audience um, but it's so aggressive that we are also looking at pitching it to the porn industry. Why mm-hmm. that they make full feature movies as well? Um, so we're trying to figure out what that looks like as well. But we just want to be able to get it done. But it is—it's definitely a scripted as as a movie right now already. And I wanted to touch on that too. So when you do your script writing versus erotica, do you feel like you have to tone it down? Like, how do you, uh, I guess, not really switch up the style, but how do you stay true to your nature in both of those? Because those are two different things, writing a book and script writing. I mean, people that are outside of the writing world don't really see that. But how do you get the point across? You you get what I mean? Like, stay true to your voice in each of those. I, I actually had a script writer. Uh, we we co-wrote it to stay to it, but we argued every step of the way uh, whenever we ran into the word cops and, uh, when, you know, certain certain language uh, or the, the nail on, you know, the, that scene in Sandusky. It's, um, they wanted me to tone that stuff down and they wanted to take that stuff out of the script and I, I'm just trying to hold to my thumbs there. So my script writer and I just went back and forth and I had to explain to them why I'm married to the text as it is um, and how we had to write it just as it is. So we just had an addition of one scene um, with her sister, uh, but for the most part it's written exactly as the book. 
I love that. I love when it stays true to the nature. You know, I think that the way that you're uh, mentioning how things are, I feel like that's what it is. Some people are like, well, we don't really need this, or maybe we could tone this down. But I feel like in order for you to get the message that you sat there and you wrote about across, like it needs to stay true to what it is. You know, I agree with that 100%. So awesome. I did want to ask you too, was there any upcoming projects that you would like to mention? Um, sure, I have three actually. I have uh, uh, two other monthly events that I do. Um, one is called Sexy Talk and Play, and it's on the second Saturday of every month here in Columbus, Ohio. And it is uh, set up at a local bar, literally, and I spread out my sex toys and, and having little giveaways. And whomever walks into the bar joins the conversation that we're talking about. Maybe we could be talking about anything, um, BDSM or uh, somebody's dry vagina, how to, how to, you know, get more strength in your vagina, whatever we're talking about. Uh, people just grab a beer and, and join the conversation. It's super cool, open um, to everybody. So we've been having fun with that. And then I do a sip and paint nudes where we paint a nude model. Um, those are super cool. We provide everything um, in the ticket price and you basically uh, have a male or female model to be able to, pay, uh, to, be able to paint. The model is nude, not the audience. Although um, I'm open to having one where the audience is nude as well. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, they'd have to be bold enough, though. <laughs> but that really oh. would be cool. <laughs> so it would be out to be uh, where you're at that, too. And uh, then the last thing that I'm doing is I am opening a entertainment and education center uh, for the queer community. So I want to be able to offer education on one floor of this facility um, and be able to welcome in other sex births and, and folks in the community to be able to deliver different messages. And then on the bottom floor, have it be a full-fledged club uh, that's geared to the queer community because we don't have that in Columbus County. That is really awesome. That's really cool that you're advocating for all of this. Uh, I'm impressed. Like You have such a busy schedule, a lot of projects on your hands. Uh, kudos. Indeed. Kudos. Indeed. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I also wanted to go ahead um, and touch on the experiences that you wrote about in the book. So you have opened up about being lesbian. Was it hard to write the scenes with men in the story, or was that... Uh, did you, well, yeah, I guess that's the main question. Was that difficult? Not at all. Not at all. It was really easy for me to, to relate back to the actual experience with the, the female that I was with and have that in my mind. And I have to be able to have those goosebumps and have that belly flop feel in order to be able to write it as it comes out. Um, so I, I just actually go back or remember the experience to that type of intensity where I can just write about it and saying he versus she was is very easy for me. It's very fluid because I'm more so looking at the sexual active stuff. Very awesome. Very awesome. You, like I said, your work was amazing. We say a lot on our podcast, but yeah, I woke Chris up with the blowjob and was like, we got to go. <laughs> this, nice. book right awesome. here, <laughs> this book awesome. right here. This book right here has... <laughs> I like That's that. So cool. I'm excited. That, that excites me. I, I'm really excited about that. 
Yeah, I really did. I woke him up. He was asleep snoring because the long night with the girls. And I was like, no, like, this book has me so turned on. Like, I was watching a little bit of porn afterwards, but it it's weird. I feel like porn and the visual aspect doesn't hit as much as a book that's well written. If you read it, read an erotica, you pick it up and uh, it makes you feel some kind of way and you feel these sensations and you're visualizing it. You're there in the scene, you know. I feel like it just opens your mind to a lot of things. Like, I love to write, so this is why I love, I'd rather pick up an erotica any day than watch a porn. Porn is good, but I feel like you're actually getting, what is this person thinking? What are they feeling, you know, in a book? So I think... Like I say, I'm excited for your next projects. Uh, we'll be we'll be checking up and you know keeping in touch with you and hopefully one day we can make a trip out there. I like this adult recess project. It sounds really awesome. We would like to join. Would love to have you. And just to go ahead and wrap things up, where can people reach you personally? Personally, um, they can. I guess the fastest way is through DebraShade.com. Uh, those messages come directly to me, and I fill them out. Sometimes I don't, re- I don't personally respond to them, but it's, you know, it, it, I read them first. Um, and so they can send me questions, and I do get free um, consultations out where I literally will answer your question in detail and, and what's going to result in the best orgasm or getting through a barrier that may be preventing you uh, from an orgasm. Uh, so I get a lot of that through DebraShade.com. But I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at uh, Shady on Top. Very awesome. I will go ahead and make sure that our listeners take a look at you and your work. And, um, you know, I wish you the best with everything. I did want to go ahead and end with a question, though. So in the story, the main character seems to, well, not just her, a lot of the characters, a lot of the females in there, have the ability to have multiple orgasms i can but i feel like after two or three i'm done and i feel like these characters are like going like four or five times and i wanted to ask you personally uh how do you accomplish that uh, you you have what's called the refractory period where you allow your body to get back down to normal uh, temperatures, normal breathing, that type of thing, and then you build an erotic uh, scene again. So you start over from the beginning, and you're able to have a much more intense orgasm for the fourth and the fifth one. Um, it takes a lot more energy to be able to have that many orgasms, so you've got to be... Uh, willing to stay in it for the whole time. A lot of times the clit will get oversensitized or, you know, um, you may get raw if you're not using enough lube. So there's a couple different things that may be preventing the multiple orgasms. But if you've got the stamina to go through them, it's just a matter of of rebuilding that that orgasm each and every time and just letting your body cool down and then going back into it. I'm keeping all this noted because I was like, three is my max. I, I think I just came right now, but they're still going. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> Very awesome. I'm going to keep all of that in mind. Again, I wish you the best. Uh, Chris and I thank you so much for coming on to the show with us. We really appreciated this talk. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.